0: Welcome back to the Pro Tri News Podcast. If this is your first time listening, this podcast was designed to talk about the inner workings of the professional triathlon field. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Pat and Talbot, how was your guys' weekend?
1: Crushing it. Killing it. Loving it.
0: Every bit of it. A little Easter egg hunting? <laughs> Died some Easter Ye- eggs, I saw Pat. That,
1: yeah, did the, Stanley was crushing the Easter egg hunting. He's, he's all over it.
2: Hey Pat, I've never seen eggs dyed. It's beautiful. as your little Pete and Jerry's egg. So that was
1: shout the, out, shout here. out, uh, shout out to Gwen for figuring out that jewel tones was going to be the big thing for Easter 2021. So I felt like she was really on trend, and the eggs turned out fantastic.
0: What? Kind, how did you guys dye them? Would you use to dye them?
1: She found some super hyper eco friendly, very little packaging, um, and we just we just did it yeah it was awesome
0: nice well speaking of crushing it 70.3 Geelong was I guess a week ago now um the we had great showing by both Ellie Salthouse and Steve McKenna taking the top spots on the podium Ellie seems to continue her reign of dominance with another wire-to-wire victory um showing that she probably is the 70.3 specialist to beat this year um Going in strong with a 119 run to finish up the day and and definitely looking to be the, uh, the big international player for the Collins Cup.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ellie, I know Ellie's dealt with injury that has plagued her uh, hamstring for the last... Um, so I'm pretty sure it's been about a year ago to date since she's had surgery, and... Um, sounds like that she's completely recovered now and back on top i mean i'll be really excited to watch her come to america and uh race someone like holly or uh, daniela reef or someone like that
0: hopefully she's able to get to the states and and do some 70.3 racing before world championship in saint george come september Uh, another big player was steve mckenna uh raced with obviously a sleeveless tri-suit, which has been a, a source of many controversies by the age group triathletes um, getting all up in arms about people racing in sleeveless suits like the way Lionel raced in in Miami. So uh, that was pretty cool to watch Steve. He quit his job recently. Talbot, you can hit on this because you, you've gone back and forth and had a little conversation with him after his uh, victory at, at Geelong.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... it's his performance is extremely impressive I know that this guy basically was a professional football player um, from what I know in Australia and he quit his job and he's given this a full go so he, he basically the, from the time of his first triathlon he was a professional by the next year so I mean he absolutely destroyed some of the big names in over in Australia so I'm really really excited to see how he goes
0: my argument would probably be that Steve is going to probably be the next big player for Australia as far as male triathletes go. Um maybe maybe be able to be amongst the ranks of of Macca and Chris McFriend uh Craig Alexander.
1: You know Kyle, I I don't think that, I don't think that you're wrong, Kyle. Uh obviously he's got fantastic uh I mean really form across all three swim, bike and run. The biggest issue is going to be: Can you have that success being an international, especially living in a country like Australia, where for you know there is quite a great racing scene there? But when you have to travel out to be at Kona seventy point three Worlds or some of the uh, the larger global events, travel from Australia really becomes an is- issue. Uh, it's it's expensive, it's time consuming, it's cumbersome. That's going to be. Really, the next big thing that Steve's got to figure out—figure out, figure out. clearly—he's—he's he's really honed in, almost mastered the seventy-point-three discipline, I would argue. But now you've got to go outside of that. Um, so I think that—that's going to be the next big unlock for Steve.
2: Yeah, Steve. I know that I know that he did come to Boulder and do quite a big training camp in Boulder with Tim Reed, I want to say in '18, right when he became a professional athlete. So. I think we've only seen the start of him. I mean, if, if people don't follow him or know who he is, this is going to be this is going to be like hearing of Lionel Sanders after he won Ironman Florida without the swim. Uh, and you you saw like on the Real Starkey podcast that people were just like, "Oh my gosh, Lionel Sanders!" So it was that was the birth, kind of the birth of Lionel. I think that this guy is going to be here to stay for a while. So just like you said, Pat, he easy to even have to commit to come over here, maybe you can find some money, sponsors, or something like that, I know, like you said, it's a financially big thing.
0: Someone who has struggled a little bit with that transition to going from the Oceana part of the world over to the US part of the world and racing well has probably been Braden Curry, but he was able to take the victory, uh, will lead into the Ironman New Zealand. So Braden Curry was able to take the victory, ran a 240 marathon, second place was Mike Phillips, and third place was Kyle Smith. And then for the women's race, we had uh, Dr. Hannah Wells, her first pro race as a female. Um, she was able to win by over 15 minutes over Rebecca Clark and Emily Nottington. Um That's not the exciting thing that came out of Australia, or that's not the exciting thing that came out of New Zealand, unfortunately. There was a little bit of drama with a, a disqualification for Cam Brown switching shoes mid-race uh, from getting those shoes from his son so
1: before we go into the shoe drama can we talk about do we know what uh hannah is a doctor uh
0: you know i looked up all those things and i didn't look up what she's a doctor in so hold on one second and i can hannah
1: well let's just do this hannah we know you're listening can you let us know and we're gonna just let everybody else know on the next podcast (laughs)
2: <laughs> it, reminds me of, it reminds me of Dr. Stevens, uh, Amanda Stevens from Oklahoma. Actually, she was a professional athlete and she's a pediatrician now here. So she's probably making a lot more money as a doctor, pediatrician in Oklahoma than she was while she was in being a pro athlete. According okay,
0: so, to, according to her Instagram, she has a PhD in biotechnical engineering.
1: So. Amazing. Good, good honor. Far out. Um.
0: Making a lot of money I'm sure being a biotech wow. engineer versus a triathlete, but
1: and Let's can we talk about the DQ for a second?
0: Yeah. So switching shoes.
1: I don't know. I mean I think obviously the DQ is really weak. I, I hate to see people DQ'd for that, but it's like rules are rules and, and unfortunately, yeah, you just you can't take shoes or assistance on course, so I think it's I think it's too bad. You know, I just uh, I don't think it. I don't think it really changed the outcome of the race, which is why I always struggle with it. But you know, this is they've got rules for this, and unfortunately, yeah, he he broke them. So sorry, big. I feel bad for Cam, but that's just I think the way it's going to go.
0: I wonder if he was changing shoes to run in the Nike next percentage, or what he what his plan was behind this. The whole he's probably, he's thing. probably
1: he's probably doing testing.
0: He was testing out Long both course, the different shoes. He's trying out testing. the. Uh, the nikes which which one of the next percenters were the best
1: yeah so i don't know feel bad for cam but yeah i don't know what else to say you know it's just kind of like yeah you can't do that
0: the other race that happened was the super league arena race in london There was no shortage of adrenaline with that race with beth potter winning stages one and three to solidify her victory lucy charles charging and taking a second place um Talbot hit on something pretty cool as far as uh, uh, Lucy doing that race with her being kind of snubbed a little bit by the British Triathlon Federation uh, back in, was it 2016, getting ready for Olympics. Yeah,
2: I think that it's been pretty surprising because Lucy has been an athlete that... She always tried to make that um, Olympic start list, um, whether it was in swimming or triathlon, and she wanted to give the Olympic triathlon a go, but the um, British triathlon team was just so dominant and so strong, they didn't even acknowledge her. So it was pretty funny to see on the world stage, I guess Pat would probably argue a little bit, but for her to put down such a phenomenal um, performance that you wouldn't want to consider someone like her as a domestique for your team just, just to put her on. I mean, she's going to make first pack or second pack, whatever one you need her to make to pull someone. And then, I mean, she's a powerhouse in the bike. So I don't know, Pat, we see this a lot with British triathlon team. Why, Why don't we see someone them even acknowledging someone like Lucy?
1: I think in the case of, I, what would be interesting to know is are they, would they allow Lucy to do a continental or a world cup race right now? Um, You know, the people are throwing around the idea that like she can hop in and be a domestique for the Olympics. The reality is, is that you still have to be on the ITU points list to get into any of those races. So I'm not sure if she's demonstrated and said, hey, you know, British Tri, could you please sign me up for this small Conti Cup and then a World Cup? And I'd like to demonstrate competence in the short course races because I would like to be a domestique. Um, I'm not sure if she's put her hand up and said that would be really interesting to get her feedback on this. Um, you know, she would. There's a world where the British team would absolutely benefit from a dominant front pack swimmer and then somebody that's also very strong on the bike. So, you know, the the issue is going to be is Lucy can't get tugged in a million different directions. She can't do long course and she can't really do she, can, she can't do long course and the short course stuff. She can do the Super League race because it's very easy to travel to. It's in London. But if they did that race in Germany next weekend, I doubt we're gonna see Lucy Charles on the start list of that race. So this was a fantastic week of weekend of training for her. But I think ultimately she has to keep her eye on the prize and say, I've gotta win Kona. Winning Super League isn't interesting. So let's let's talk about the men's race before we kind of segue into Talbot, you and I were, I would say, not critical, but we were, we looked at Super League through a really different lens um, this past weekend. But let's let's talk about the men's race and then we can kind of dive into like where does Super League go from here. Yeah.
0: So, the men's race, we had Martin Van Riel uh, kind of a late addition to this race. He wasn't on the start list or anything. And then we woke up the next morning and he's racing. Um, so, he definitely posed a problem for everyone. He was able to win stage two, and then kept himself in the fight in stage one and stage three to, to take the victory. Um, Alex Yi and Jonathan Brownlee tied actually for third in the last um, in the last stage. So because they tied, um, Alex Yi was got because he outperformed Johnny on the last leg then Alex E8 will move up, and he actually got ended up third place on the day. Um, the next race will be mid-April in Rotterdam. Um, cool kind of thing is Martin Van Riel, I believe, trains with Mario Mola, um, Vincent Louie, that whole crew. So it's pretty cool to see someone kind of coming up the ranks as far as the next guy as part of that um, Joel Filio crew.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Pat and I were both very, I don't want to say, we were just confused as as big triathlon of ours, just like we said in the last podcast, we were very confused on the format of uh, Super League. And during this race, Pat and I and Kyle were just, we couldn't stop watching it. I mean, the women's race was incredible. I mean, I would say the women's race was better than the men's in this. 100%. uh, Bar none, yeah. And kind of like Pat said, adding the Zwift component going head to head you understood where everyone is at you understood the format the quick turnaround i mean hats off to super league because i was i was literally watching every five seconds of that
1: race they really seemed to what they what they nailed this time what they didn't do in rotterdam was the blend of the avatars on zwift and then showing the faces of the real athletes they knocked that out of the park um branding from an arena standpoint the branding couldn't have been any better i mean the down to the lane ropes like there wasn't one part of the field of play that wasn't branded perfectly so everybody that played a part in that i mean hats off to them i thought i thought the whole thing was fantastic um i'll be tuning in you know the biggest thing is going to be how do athletes integrate super league into their schedule in an olympic year um And I guess how does the sport and how do the endemic brands respond to Super League? And I think this is the biggest problem that the PTO and Super League have right now is that brands still don't understand where those platforms fit into the races. So it's very much ITU, Ironman, and Challenge. Uh, Super League and the PTO still really have to solidify where they're going to sit in this ecosystem. So – you know, Super League's already been around for four years, but the format and the races have changed so much. You know, they've done arena style games, they've done parking lot races, they've done really cool races on you know in like remote islands. Um, we'll see, but I mean, what what happened? But but in-
2: Pat, when you when you say so, there's all these really cool races. You can go race Challenge Cancun. So if if people if you got your standard pro list, they can yep. they. Have a weekend. They just you can either race Challenge Cancun and challenge or Ironman seventy point three Texas. Explain to everyone why a pro athlete per contracts would go to the seventy point three and not the beautiful Challenge Cancun, where it's going to be
1: sure ten times better. Sure, I mean, real simply, um, most athlete contracts just don't have bonuses for those random races, Mo- and even like Super League, the challenge races, maybe like a like an Ironman Roth or something like that. They'd have a standalone. But even with the new PTO races, like those, just have not been adopted by brands yet that are going to be here to stay. So it's like Kona seventy point three worlds and maybe one or two challenge races. That's it. Wait, Pat. So
2: basically, the, these Roca deals are like let's say Roca has in a Roca athlete's contract five hundred dollar bonus for being first out of the water at this at, at an Ironman seventy point three branded event. But when you are not at a branded event. You don't get that bonus, so so is that basically how it is?
1: I think some athletes would chase bonuses and others wouldn't, and that's definitely going to steer their interest into a certain race or not. Um, mm-hmm. It's just going to take some time before uh, you know brands identify and can and can place value on these new events that are popping up, and that will that will there will be a learning curve. Okay, going back into the Super League
2: event though. One thing I do want to hit on is Beth Potter's performance. I mean, she basically had an incredible run. Um, and, and just to lean up on that, we, we, we were toying with the idea of doing a podcast uh, over this last weekend. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Beth has this insane 5K performance yesterday. And Pat and I are both, Pat a whole lot more than myself, is really intertwined with the, I would say, professional running world and I mean, we've both witnessed some insane racing. Uh, Shelby Houlihan, Carissa Swides are running like fourteen thirty-four on the track, or thirty-six on the track. But Beth Potter goes out on the in a road race five k and breaks the road five k record. So basically, like, do you not think that that is like an insane, insane performance, Pat?
1: Insane performance. Um, I mean, what can you say? You know, I think uh, obviously there's a ton of people that just breathe the math- massive sigh of relief that she doesn't have a possibility of still getting named to the British Tri Team. There's a- also the reality that performing at the WTS and the Olympic level is very different than you know being a 1440 capable athlete. So she only needs to be a 1530 athlete and she's capable of winning a gold medal, but you've got to swim and bike before that and I think that that's, you know, obviously something she's really trying to unlock. I think you know the the biggest question that the three of us were chatting about over the weekend is that the the women's team has already been selected. So that that's that's done. So would be. I'd love to hear from Beth to know, you know, what is what is going to be her plan for the rest of the year, and what does she want to accomplish, and can she still make the team, the Olympic team for running for track and field.
2: But do you not think that Great Britain's shooting themselves in the foot? I mean, do you not think that Beth Potter could potentially be, if it is a slower swim and set up in the bike, do you not think that she could be a podium contender?
1: You know, here's the thing, Talbot. Uh, success leaves clues. There are very few athletes that haven't performed on a WTS level that are medalists. So here's what we know about medals when we look back at the women's field specifically. The women that perform on race day at the Olympics in the triathlon have qualified a year in advance. So Vicky and Georgia and Jessica were named to the team. They've got a year runway to train solely for one day. If we look at Medals from 16, those athletes all had a long runway. Gwen, Spirig and Vicky all qualified a year in advance. If we look at the runway that uh, they had the same gold and silver in 2012, those athletes had a year-long runway. So I think there can be a case made where, yes, if Beth starts to figure out the swim and the bike, she will be arguably the biggest threat that ITU Triathlon has seen in a very long time. 'Cause she can run much slower than what she ran on the weekend. Um, but, you know, there's there's steps that she still has to nail in order to become a threat on the world stage.
2: So but what what is crazy to think, and I don't know if this has ever happened before, really, realistically, Beth could go to the Olympics, let's say as an alternate for triathlon for Great Britain. But has any other athlete gone in two different sports? I mean, I know that Gwen is attempting to go. She won gold in triathlon and is attempting to go in the run. But, I mean, in the same games, two different sports, have, have we ever seen that before?
1: Uh, I That's a great question. I don't think that we have. You know, the closest that you maybe could have got was a small country in the case of like a Peter Saigon who could have gone and probably should have gone for the road race and the mountain bike race, but again, those are two, you know, those those disciplines kind of sit side by side. Um, we'd have to really dig into Wikipedia and see if there was, if that one is allowed by the IOC, and then two, if it's ever been done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Extremely interesting. I mean, I just, I look at someone like that and that kind of performance, and I'm like, 1440, as a triathlete to break the world record. I mean, I would just love to know, like, I haven't even checked, like, the Let's Run threads, but to see, like, what they're saying about.
1: Yeah, I mean, who who knows? I mean, this is fantastic time. Hats off to her. I'd love to know, you know, what she's going to do next. Um, seems like there's, there's a world where you can go back to the track Olympics, but, you know, does that take away from time learned doing triathlon this year?
2: Do you not think it's a mistake, though, by Great Britain to select their team early?
1: No, no, no. History would show medals come from early selection.
0: The grand scheme of things, there's two people who benefit from this. One being Beth Potter. The second being Asics for dropping their new shoe the week leading into her breaking this record.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, yeah, it was just. I mean, look, I would have loved to have been at that that wherever they race in the UK, where they do these these races. I'm not sure if it's a what what kind of facility it is, but they use this venue a lot. Um, I would have loved to have been there on the night that it happened. It would have. I'm sure the energy was just amazing, and 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 what a cool experience.
2: Well, I mean, two names to definitely follow: Beth Potter and Steve McKinnon. I mean, they are both. On a really big hot streak, and I think that we we have a lot more to come. Just watching the way Beth Potter races is very much like Gwen, uh, and I think Pat can probably attest to that. So it will be very interesting to see the future of um, seventy point three uh, racing and all, as well as uh, with with Steve and then also with Beth Potter.
1: Great stuff. Big okay. On to the next thing, Kyle. Are you good? Yep. Iron Man so the World next cha- thing we have an announce- Iron Man
0: announcement tomorrow for World Championship. Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't know what this is. They, they just posted that they have an announcement tomorrow noon
0: Central Standard Time. I don't know. I think, I think there's two schools of thought. One is the one that I said, and that's they're going to move the race away from Kona to make it a little easier for. Hawaii, I guess, and travel and things like that. I don't know how keen Hawaii is on having all of these people come in from all around the world right now, Um, even though it is, we are still six months away, and obviously the world's going to change a whole lot in the next six months as far as racing and triathlon and politics and everything like that. Um, The thought that Talbot had was that they're going to be moving this race to two days of racing. So they'll have the men's race one day and the women's race one day, which... That's also been a lot of skepticism around that over the last couple years after they did that to seventy point three worlds in Chattanooga in two thousand seventeen. So Pat, you have any thoughts any uh insider track?
1: I know nothing. I think what's what they would be the mon the the scale of things that would the pressure that they would have to receive from Hawaii to move it from Kona would have to be monumental because. Kona and Ironman are just synonymous. Um, yeah, I, to move that would be insane. I would say what they should do is there should be a world where the pros race on Saturday and the the age groupers race on Sunday, or vice versa. You know, I think mm-hmm. that would be really really cool. Um, they may have to break it down and do wave starts. So maybe there's a world where they do the the female age groupers plus the the elite females on Saturday, and then the male age groupers and the elite males on Sunday. I could see that being a, a possibility as well.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, we, we we've only seen the seventy point three worlds uh, twice now on on two different days, and I loved every bit of it. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Started in Chattanooga, then I think they did it again in France, and. Two days of racing in Kona. I'm already out there a month, so two days of racing. I mean, what not to add to it? It would be two extremely long days, but um, that would be incredible. I do know that, that Hawaii loves that race. It brings in so much money, but I, I don't think that this is relevant the to the pros. I think this is definitely an age group announcement, but I mean, you're talking. you can You can fit 2,700 people on that pier in one day. If I anyone's trying to make money, you know it's big ol' M dot, and if they can
0: split that thing into two days yeah. and charge two thousand dollars a slot,
1: why yeah, they're not? gonna do it. Yeah, the tough thing
0: from there though is gonna be getting everyone to qualify because obviously Ironman Texas is now been postponed, and it's gonna be the same day as Kona.
1: In <sighs> yeah, but maybe that's so, maybe that's part of the pathway to do it is like, hey, yeah. we're gonna roll your slot and just like we're gonna have four thousand spots available in Kona,
2: and they're gonna go on sale and they're two thousand dollars a pop. And this is your chance, to buy one.
1: <laughs> the logistic the logistics of filling the pier two days in a row. I mean, maybe it's gotta be a Friday Sunday split because there's gonna be an, a day of overlap, right? Where they go to rack their bikes and it's sitting there. Like, where how does that happen? Um really oh, cool. Wow. I mean, that would be I mean, logistically, they should split it just so they can double fill it, is what I would say. Like, get us up to four thousand, get us up to five thousand participants and just split they should just spread it across the whole week as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. And double the pro prize purse.
1: I mean, that's that's for another. We could do a whole podcast yeah, that, about that. Yeah, that's a whole so new let's, podcast. Let's, let's let's move into hot takes. Hey, right. wait,
2: wait. Before we jump into hot takes, speaking of Iron Man, I just want to point out we have Sam Long, and I wonder if he's making the same mistakes Lionel used to make. I've never seen someone eat up and beat up training more than this kid. I mean – I think that they, with Envy Wheels, rode their bikes all the way to Mexico. They did like a, uh, how many miles was that? Two, uh, 373 kilometer ride, uh, 11 hours and 30 minutes of riding. That was two weeks ago. Then this last weekend, they rode 140 miles, 5K run, 18 miles off the bike the next day. I mean, you're... More than sixty days out from Ironman Texas, I just Tulsa. Here's, Tulsa sorry, I just uh, that—that's a lot.
1: You know, Man, I've he's got beating himself up. I think he's going a little too deep in the tank. Um, and this was this was said to me when I was racing bikes, and I can think of some times. I remember once I was I was going to do US Pro Road Race in South Carolina, and the week, the the week before. There was a race that I did, um, and I was gonna like do this massive ride where I rode to the race, did the race, and then rode home. And I just remember I I rode to the race, felt amazing, but it was in the it was in pouring rain the entire way. Did the race, won the race, rode home, and I'm like, dude, I'm gonna do so good at U.S. Pro Road Race. I just had an awesome training session, and it's like, you really have to think of your body as a fuel tank, and you need it to be full come race day. And I think about the mistakes that I made racing and a lot of them were with over distance and, um, I would call it under rested. And I, and I just think, you know, I used to do these massive motor motor pacing sessions where I would do, I would, uh, you know, do big blocks hours and hours and hours at 35 miles an hour. Um, you know, at the end of a four hour ride. And I just think it was a little too much. And there's a world where you can leave too much on the table, um, training. I, I just, I don't see the point of doing a 12 hour bike ride to get ready for, you know, these guys are doing, they keep getting faster on the bike at Kona. They keep, they keep lowering the time. So what's the, what's the bike split record now, Talbot? It's, it's four hours and 30 minutes or something, isn't it? No, No, it's it's, close to four four hours. Sub, no, so, it's not so floor. So you're almost you don't need to do three x that. Like the guys no. when they're when they're racing when the guys are racing Flanders on the weekend. And it's a six hour race. They're not doing eighteen hours to get ready for a six hour event.
2: Yeah, yeah. By, a bike records four oh nine. Kyle just looked it up. So. so
1: I think you know I'm I'm happy. F- like if these guys we talked about this before. Like if these guys want to do this because they want to do a cool project with Envy or their sponsor or whoever, and they want it like. Being in Tucson, riding to Mexico and back, sweet, sounds awesome. Um, if that's part of like a spiritual thing because they love riding their bikes, great. But to do to get ready for a race, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I yeah, y- y- Jan y- Verdino
2: ain't doing hot laps around Spain.
1: We'd we'd have a hard time finding um, other success stories around these massive massive days.
0: Let's put it this way: Patrick Lang's still on the start list for Tulsa, and so if sam long's able to go and get a victory over patrick lang and the star-studded cast racing ironman tulsa north north american championships then we'll eat our words but he can keep doing his little lsd long slow distance and we'll see how it pays off
1: yeah i'm 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 happy for my other way i'm just saying that if i wouldn't want to ride 11 hours 12 hours i just have got no interest
2: all right we'll dive into the hot takes
0: all right, hot takes. We had Mario Mola going 29 minutes in a 10K Ibiza, showing that he's ready
1: for top form for
0: WTS Yokohama in May. Okay, we're going to pause take. right hot there. Hot take would we're
1: gonna, be... We're going to pause right there. We're going to pause right there. Here's the hot take within the hot take. I'm hearing that Yokohama doesn't want to have the race. What? Why? They're not ready to bring people to Japan yet.
2: Oh, my gosh. That that just shows they just... Uh... Canceled all spectators
1: of the Olympics as well. So I'm, I'm, you know, guys, I'm gonna say it here. I just I don't see a pathway where the Olympics happens. And it's being wow. pushed right now. There's this race is supposed to happen in May. There's no clearance for this race to happen yet. Is Yokohama the course no, for Tokyo? No, no, they were trying. That was they were trying to make that so, but Tokyo um, the triathlon is going to be the the focal point of the games and really show off the city. So it's going to happen in the main Bay. Then it's going to be using these bridges that are around downtown. It's really going to be uh, a showpiece for Tokyo, the city, but, um, Yokohama has no desire to have this race. Wow.
2: Yokohama or Japan to have the Olympics.
1: Well, the organizing committee, I, I don't know yet, but, all I, I don't know if it's coming from Yokohama or from Japan, but I know that there's, there's a, not a desire for the race to happen in Yokohama, which is going to be very interesting because Yokohama is u, is going to be used for many countries as the last discretionary race where they will look to and say, okay, how you performed at Yokohama is going to steer how we make the final selections for our Olympic team.
0: Wow. So, if Yokohama doesn't happen, the next WTS race is in Leeds, correct? In June?
1: Is that correct? I don't even know. Yeah, Yeah, June 5th and 6th. They would kick the can down to that race. Wow. Wow.
0: Crazy. All right, next one. Sorry,
1: I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Oh, no, you're good. No, that's great. That's great. Insider information. So, 70.3 start list for Florida is out. The first time this has been a pro race since 2014. There's two people on the start list that raced in 2014. One is Rahul Tejada from Guadalupe, and then also Justin Metzler. And it was his first pro race back whenever he was 18 years old. So it'll be pretty fun to watch him try and throw down at at Texas and Florida. So we'll see how those pay out for him. Next hot take, Pat, did you make it through 30
1: days of Zwift? Made it through 30 days of Zwift. Immediately, April one, Gwen wrote a thirty day training plan for me to run to a five k PR on April thirtieth. So today I did like a really hard hill workout on the treadmill, um, but I'm feeling great. Legs feel great. I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to crush it what's, on the thirtieth, and then ultimately I'm ready to crush you guys in Kona.
0: Ooh. Ooh. What's the what's the uh, what's the PR?
1: I mean, like I want to run sub twenty two. I really want to get a sub twenty. I just don't know if I can do it on April thirtieth. yet. No, we right, might we might tough.
0: need to revisit though because they're doing a seventy point three Oregon in uh, Salem just outside of here. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm busy down. that week.
1: I can't do it seventy point three. No, I don't. I don't want to do that. I'm I'm like a sprint distance sounds perfect.
0: So we'll do a sprint distance race in Kona. Yeah. Are you going to be on a road bike? or Are you gonna you gonna try and strong arm someone to get you a tri bike?
1: Well, no. I mean, we'll try and we'll try and make it so we're all on equal equipment.
0: All right, all right. U.S.
2: men's soccer or U.S. men's triathlon? Who will win an Olympic gold first?
0: Triathlon. Okay. Do you think it'll this, be in our lifetime?
1: Yes. I mean, this. The, the, this. Can can we talk? I have a question about the soccer thing for a second, and I and I feel bad that I'm talking about this now, but what is the relu- Where is the reluctance of like? U.S. soccer to not just give the women equal or greater support as they're performing so much better what what is where's the money being held up is it purely that they just don't want to pay it or like what's the hang-up I've never understood that
0: heck if I know I got no idea I I don't want to speak on something that I'm not knowledgeable about but it is very obvious that the women's team is outperforming the men's team equal to um kind of the same situation as the women's triathlon team for team usa versus the men's we've had great stars for the u.s on the men's side but the women's side has definitely yeah but these
1: these guys can't even qualify for the olympics on the soccer side
0: yeah they haven't been to the olympics in three years i mean it's three 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 times so 12 years
1: yeah i mean it's just it's just blows my mind so no triathlon all the way u.s men's triathlon will win a gold before u.s men's soccer
2: okay well there you
1: final go. final
2: question on the olympic golds pat do you think in her lifetime beth potter will win an olympic gold
1: i'm not going to be on the record and say that but obviously she's she's cr- captured the attention of a ton of people right now thanks for
0: listening to another episode of the pro try news podcast we're really excited to start pumping out more and more content to you guys as it relates to racing drama and the professional triathlon field we will be pumping out another video to get you ready for 70.3 texas and challenge shepherd in happening this weekend we will also have our first guest on the show to get you even more excited for the racing happening if you have someone in mind that you want us to have on the show shoot us a dm on instagram at ProTriNews, and we'll be sure to try our hardest to get them on here thanks so much and have a great week